Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. Let's go. God's doing something good at the moment. And we are doing a brand new series called Movement. Everyone say Movement. And we're doing this, and you might wonder sometimes, why are we, why do, why do you, Josh, why do you get me to speak and say amen? Uh, everyone say amen. amen. There's, there's power, we're gonna read this later, where James says, don't be just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. There's something about not when you just hear it, but you activate your faith, and often faith is found through what comes on our mouth, not just what's in our ears. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing through the Word. There's something about hearing the Word, believing the Word in your spirit, and then getting out of your mouth that activates something in your life that doesn't say, I'm just hearing, but I'm in, amen? We're doing a series called Movement. And I started prophetically to speak into this a couple weeks ago, and we're going to talk on this this month because I believe this is a word and a season for the church to move from where we are into the deeper places, into the next that God has for us. And come on, who, who wants a move of heaven? Who wants a move of the Holy Spirit in the church? And I said this a few weeks ago, often I see people want a move of God, and it either doesn't fully happen in the way we're believing for, or the move starts and stops because we often think a move is for us and just for us. And what we want is meetings where the Holy Spirit pours out and we come and we soak and we saturate and we just get in the presence of God. You know those moments where you're like, oh, but then we just walk out into our ordinary lives. And then we wanna come back for our next meeting where we, oh, just soak in His presence. But the word move is only half of the word movement. And that point of that part meant right there is not that we would just have a move, but it has a corresponding action and response that comes from the move of heaven. That's not just that we would receive what God has for us, but we would step in and move into the promises and the fulfillment of His will and His plan for our life. Now, the move of heaven... The move of God, the power of heaven, the power of the Holy Spirit, which we sung about before, is actually to get you to step into the promises of God for your life and our church. Who's waiting on a promise from God? Lift your hands. If, you're, if there's a promise from God you're waiting on, be for your life, your family, your kids, the church. I've, I've got promises of God. And often what we do is we focus on the outworking of that promise. So we, we pray, we pray so much into healing and we should because he's his healer or provision and we should because he's the provider or or peace because he's the prince of peace or or breakthrough because his his anointing makes us to be more than conquerors. Or, but the greatest promise we have is the person of Jesus. Amen. And we've got to catch that because so often we're praying praying for the outworking or the hand of Jesus rather than the person of Jesus. And the greatest promise we really look to and pray for is more of Him. And if we pray for more of Him, which is often found in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God Himself in our life, that power or that more of Him allows us to step, everyone say step, Step into the promises that you're naturally believing for. So 
Often we're praying for healing and please understand, I'm someone that will open the altar and pray for healing. I'll pray in the foyer for healing. I'll pray for a provision. I'll pray for a job. I'll pray for your kids to be saved. But the prayer we should pray above all is, Jesus, I just want more of you. And if that's the, if he's the promise we chase after, often we see then a move or a touch or a sense of his presence and power which is what gives us the ability to step or have movement in faith into the promises that God has for us. Second Peter says, and because of his glory, I mean his glory, don't we want his glory? His glory and his excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. Jesus, he, he has promises for your life found in his presence and that's more of him. But I did feel today, before I go on, there, there are, and I felt the scripture come into my spirit, there's people that have been waiting on a promise from God. Again, lift your hand if you're waiting on a promise from God. And, and, and we can get discouraged. Again, because we focus so much on the end result of that promise sometimes more than the person. But there's also things we need and are believing for and have been spoken over our life. And Habakkuk says this, and I just wanna encourage you with this beautiful scripture. It says, these things are planned, these promises, they won't, they won't always happen straight away. Slowly, steadily, and this word, surely the time approaches when the vision or the promise will be fulfilled. And keep it up. This, this is scripture. Some of you, you need to get on your fridge. Some of you need to get this on the, on the mirror where you, you do your, where you brush your teeth in the morning. Some of you need to get this on the back of your toilet door. Remind yourself, it's, if it seems slow, do not despair. Do not be discouraged, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient, Josh. They will not be overdue a single day. If you believe it, say amen. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Activate your faith. Will the promises of God be fulfilled? Amen. Amen. Now, what God does is God gives us promises. And what those promises do is give us hope. And that hope is not to allow you just to stay where you are and wait for them to be fulfilled. Those promises allow you to have hope and faith to step, everyone say step, step forward into what God has for your life. So the example is the Israelites are wandering in the desert for 40 years, but while they had a promised land they had to walk into, most of, most of them didn't want to move into that promised land. They actually would rather the comfort of what they knew, waiting and hoping that the promise would come to them, rather than in faith, stepping into what God had promised them. Sometimes the promises of God aren't found where you are, they're found on the journey of faith. And only Joshua and Caleb and their family inherited the promises of God because they were willing to step and move in faith through giants and obstacles and challenges to receive the promise of God. This has led me to a, a, a part of the Bible I talked about two weeks ago. And as I prepared this, I know, I know that I know this is a now word for the church. So when there's a now word for the church, that doesn't mean it's just for us when we gather. That means it's for you because you are the church and we are the church. And I know this 
this is a prophetic word we're gonna talk from all of this month where God wants to move us forward into the promises of God. Uh, I'm gonna speak on this next week. Then the week after, we've got Pastor Mark Varagis from Kingdom City here. And then we're gonna continue the week after because God wants to see movement in your life so you can step into the promised land that God has for you. If you believe it, say amen. amen. So Joshua 1 we see the Israelites had been wandering around the wilderness, the desert, for 40 years. And now they find themselves only a few hundred meters away from standing in their promise. They are on the verge of their promise. They're not where they were, but they're not in the promise yet. They're just a little away. However, sometimes, by the way, we are so close to inheriting the promise God's been waiting for us to receive. And we sometimes there get stuck. And God's people, a picture of us, get stuck. They're stuck. Uh, they're, they're, they're tired. They've been wondering for some of them all of their life. They, they, their, their leader has died. They don't have a map or a plan on how they're gonna get into their promised land. They're discouraged because they're not there yet. And then suddenly Joshua, this first time leader with millions of people watching him, has to lead them into a place he's never been before. So Jesus turns up and God, in the form of Jesus, comes and speaks to Joshua and he has to move Joshua from where he and the people are stuck into the promise that is waiting for them on the other side of faith. You see, if they stay there, they die there. If they stay where they are, and some of us are gonna hear this in our spirit today, if you stay here, you won't inherit the promise of what God has for you. He needs you to be intentional in moving forward. So Jesus comes and He has a very deliberate conversation with Joshua. And I love as I read this, it doesn't show Joshua's conversation back because Joshua's words don't matter. Only Jesus' words matter in this conversation. So Jesus comes to Joshua and leading the people that are stuck. And it says in Joshua 1 verse 1 to 3, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, He says, Moses, my servant is is dead. The past season is over. Now then you, everyone say you, everyone say me, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I am about to give them. Not I've given them. Someone's like, yeah, I'm just waiting. I've been given my promise. I'm just standing here waiting. No, no. He is about, it's promised He's not man that he would lie. He hasn't changed his mind, but it doesn't mean he's given it to you yet. You are given it on the journey of faith. So he says to the land I'm about to give them, and he says this, I will give you every place you, where you set your foot. It's not gonna come where you are. It's not gonna find you where you're stuck. It's not a rescue mission this time. It's not I'm just gonna pull you out of your difficulty. It's in faith you will inherit the promise. Wherever you set your foot, I will give you as I 
promised Moses. The promises of God haven't changed. The promises are still yes and amen. The promises remain right there. God's promises are yes. He hasn't changed His mind. When God says yes, He means yes. But do we say yes? Yes. What we do is don't say yes and oh, amen, God, you find me. No, it's all of God's promises are yes. And it says we utter the amen, which means we search out to what God is saying yes to and we move ourselves to where He is saying yes. So God is saying yes, which means do I keep believing? Yes. Do I keep stepping? Yes. Do I keep looking to the promises? Yes. But do I have a part to play as well? Yes. So, so God, Jesus comes to Joshua and says, there is a promise, but Joshua, you have a part to play. And I think He would say to you today, I, I've heard your prayers and I haven't changed my mind, but you have a part to play. You have to step. So He says, He's, he's, he's dead, move on. But obviously there's some conversation going on, bit of chatter, chatter, chatter from Joshua. So then Jesus says in, in verse six, he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore or I promised. My promise is my promise, but you've got to lead your family in. Then there must've been a bit more chatter, chatter, chatter because Jesus then says to him again, and Josh is discouraged. He says in verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Now, Josh, you don't get this. You're gonna have to be strong and very courageous. Chatter, chatter, chatter. So we get to verse nine. So Jesus now turns it up a notch. He says, no, this is my command. I'm not leaving you here. I'm not letting you die here. I'm not letting you remain in here. I've prophesied over my church for too long. I've spoken out what's coming for too long. I've given you my word for too long. You've heard it. You've believed it. You've stood and got stuck. You've been in mourning. You've been in waiting. You've been in surrender. But it's now time to move in faith if you want to inherit it. This is now a command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, that talks about the future. I'm gonna talk about that next week. Today, I wanna talk to you about this part. Do not be discouraged. And he says again, for the Lord your God, my presence is with you wherever you go. Again, it's not just here. It'll be found where you go. Let me say it this way. Everyone say, no go. No show. Sometimes like you show and I go. But he's like, no, no, it's not I show and I go, it's you go and I show. So it means this, say no go, no show. You wanna see God's hand move in your life? Come on, lift your hand if you want. If you want the promises of God in your life, there's a response to this. There's, there's, a, there's faith in your spirit that God will do what He said. Sometimes it's no go, no show. And what happened to Joshua, which is okay, is that he got discouraged. And Jesus doesn't correct him for his discouragement. He just said, you can't stay there, Josh. You, you don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. To have been discouraged is, is about your past. And, and simply that word dis in front of courage means the opposite of. Joshua is the opposite of courageous. He is the opposite of bold. Which is why Jesus keeps saying to him, be bold, be strong and courageous. And now he has to go from the other way and he's like, no, no, you've actually got to stop being discourageous, discouraged. It's time for you to move forward. And it makes sense that they're stuck. This, this might be a picture of what you've walked through. They've, they've been wondering for 40 years. 
You might have been literally wandering for 40 years or four years or 14 years or four, but you've been waiting and wanting and desiring the promises of God. No wonder they got stuck, we all do. They, they've been literally walking in circles for years. We'd get discouraged too. They've been in a wilderness, which means a dry season. Maybe with God, it's been, it felt like it's been a dry season. And if you're honest, you're feeling discouraged. They've been literally consuming the same things for 40 years, wearing the same things for 40 years. And maybe they're over it. Maybe for you, it's been a season of just consuming the same lies, the, the same narrative, the same house, the same situation, the same difficulty. And no wonder you feel discouraged. They're, they're, they're in mourning. They're literally in mourning for their leader. Maybe you're mourning your past season. They're disappointed probably in their leader. Maybe there's people that's disappointed you and they're clearly stuck in unforgiveness for what even happened to not only them, but their parents and the generation before. They're, they're stuck, they're discouraged and eventually you get to the place where we'll go next week where because of your discouragement, you're so stuck in fear about the future. You'd rather stay in a wilderness place or go back to the place of slavery than take the journey of boldness and faith because you feel so discouraged. When things don't get better. I mean, it's not like you didn't try, but they didn't and you get discouraged. Well, you did your best. And you had a plan and a dream for their life or your life or your kids or your family and, and it's not in the promise yet. It's so, easily, so easy to get discouraged and get stuck there. But if Joshua, who leads millions... <laughs> who is literally about to go into a place where there are people that wanna kill him that are twice the size of him, literally. And if he has no roadmap pathway on how to get to where he has to go to, is not allowed to be discouraged. I would say Jesus is saying today, it's time to stop the discouragement. It's real. You're allowed to mourn for a season. Weeping lasts for the night, it's okay. There's a season to be still and know that He is God. But I feel the Holy Spirit saying to church, to you, to me, it's time to be bold and courageous. You are not staying here. You're not allowed to wallow here. You're not allowed to keep talking about the past any longer. You're not allowed to stay in mourning any longer. It's time to be bold and courageous and to set your foot on the promised land that He has for you. It's time to inherit the promises by faith. Amen. Maybe you've been stuck for four years. Maybe it's been 40 years, but it's time to stand up. Everyone say, stand up. There's another man in, in, in Scripture that Jesus talks to that's been stuck for a pretty similar amount of time. It parallels. It's found in the book of uh, one of the four, John. There you go, okay. John 5. It says, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Watch this, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, those that have lost vision, those that have no longer heard the voice of God, those that were no longer walking into destiny. It's a picture of the church. It's a picture of us. Lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. Pretty safe to round 38 up to 40. It's a parallel of what's happening. This man had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him just this one question, would you like to get well? This is the response, classic. He said, I can't, sir, the sick man said. I can't. 
for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. So Jesus told him, Stand, read this with me, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So here is a man who has been stuck for 38, discouraging, disappointing, frustrating, emotionally, spiritually exhausting years. And Jesus comes and asks him this one question, would you like to be well? And he does what so many of us do, he doesn't answer the question, he starts to talk about all of the problems. Have you ever had a great idea and you've gone to someone and you're like, I've got this idea, let's go on this trip or let's, let's, let's try this or do this and you've got this amazing vision and all you did was ask them a question and they are so boring. All they start doing is telling you, here's the problem but here's why it won't work and here's the challenge and here's the obstacle and you are like, you just deflated my balloon, my tires, you took the air out of the room, I don't even wanna go with you anymore, I don't wanna even talk with you anymore, I wanna, do you ever talk to someone like that? I mean, you got something exciting you're like, imagine if we did this. It's not even like, it's not like you got a dream for a house, but, but you haven't even bought the mortgage yet. I mean, you haven't even looked on realestate.com. You're just like, I just got a dream and all you're hearing are all the problems and you're like, ugh, well, we'll just live here and rot for the next 40 years. I mean, sometimes people just deflate your faith and, and we hate that, but that's what we do with God. Because even today as I'm talking about the promises of God, there's a narrative that goes on in our mind, but not for you. But you've heard this before. You've been here before. But this is why you, that promise that you're responding to seems too hard. And, and this is what this man does. He, he can't just say, Jesus is looking for him to say, yes. Some of us even just need to say it this morning. Uh, Jesus says, do you wanna be well? And he's just looking for him to say, yes. Jesus would say to you today, do you wanna be whole? And all you have to say is, there's a journey, but you have to live with the yes in your spirit, not the discouragement in your spirit. You have to change the narrative of what's coming out of your mouth because He does what we do and we talk about all the problems and the issues and the people that get in the way. And Jesus just wants Him to say, do you want your promise? But I can't. I mean, how often does that come out? But I can't. No, not me. Straight away, look, there's no one else to do it. But but I, I can't and there's no one's gonna do it for me. No one's gonna help me. No one's gonna recognize me. No one's seen me. I've been here 38 flipping years and no one's even noticed me. No one's even picked me up once and put me in. I've been stuck here. No one cares. And he's like, but and anyway, someone will always beat me. Someone else will get their miracle, not me. Someone else will get in that pool before me, not me. The truth is, this man was stuck physically, but he was actually stuck mentally and spiritually. He was, he was stuck. We all get discouraged. It, it's real. Whether it be a, a traumatic season, because they're real. I want to acknowledge that today. They're real. A loss of a job and, and you're stuck. Or, or a health crisis and you're stuck. Or even if you move past it, that season was so draining and you're, you're stuck. Or someone didn't notice or accept or reject or whatever it is that went on. And, and you get stuck. The loss of a loved one and, and we get stuck. And the morning is okay. The being still for a moment is part of God's redemptive plan, but never to remain there. See, what happens is we end up just carrying the baggage from a last season into the next destination. 
And whenever I go on a holiday or I travel somewhere and I check my bags in, they ask me this one question. Did you pack your bags? Because they're asking, do you know what's in your bags? Because there are some things that can't go the journey with you. There are some things that you are carrying from this season that you are not meant to take to you with you into your next destination. Some of us are carrying the baggage of our history when there's the promise for your future. And you God's wanting to give you into your arms the promise of your future, but you're still carrying the baggage of yesterday. You're still carrying the hurt of yesterday or the disappointment of yesterday or the change of loss of yesterday. And you felt like you had to carry that for a season, but what got you here is not what gets you into that next season. There are some discouraging things that you need to let go of if you wanna grab a hold of the vision, the plans and the promises that God has for the next season of your life because it's not coming with you, amen? So what happens is some of the baggage we've got is timidity because oppression or being pushed down or overlooked or whatever in the last season has robbed you of your courage. Because the Christian life is one of supernatural courage. And you've even said things like, I'm just a timid person. There's timid personality, but a timid spirit is not from God. In fact, we, we know that it says in 2 Timothy, He has not given us the spirit of timidity. So spiritually, if you've shrunk back, it's not a personality type, it's a spirit. Because there is a spirit of faith and there is a spirit of timidity where you decide I'm going to leave that timidity and supernaturally I pick up my spirit of faith and I begin to take authority over my life, over my kids, over my family back because life pushes you down but timidity is not from God. Jesus comes and says, be bold and courageous. Some of us are carrying hurt and offence. And people do hurt and offend you. But the problem is they've moved on and now you're carrying their baggage. And you're carrying their baggage into your next season. The hurt is real, but stop carrying their baggage. He's got promises for you, but they'll make you stay stuck in this season. Now it's okay for a time to be healed and whole, but you've gotta be able to move on. You wanna hear from time to time, I've been, I've been hurt by the church. I've been, I've been hurt by Christians, so I'm not, I'm in, but I'm not in. I'm not serving anymore, I'm not, I'm not lifting my hands. Yesterday was the AFL Grand Final, and it's been 25 years since the Adelaide Crows won a Grand Final. And I'm a hurt football fan. I'm offended. Every year, around this time of year, I'm a little bit discouraged. But imagine if Jordan came to me, my youngest son, and said, Dad, can we go kick the football? And I said, no, I don't kick the football anymore. I'm a discouraged football fan. <laughs> You're like, no, let's kill that. It's a, it's a, it's a, how can that stop you? Imagine, imagine if I just gave up because I'm like, no, I'm a hurt. You'd be like, that's crazy. But we do that with the church. And we walk around like an offended club member of the, of the football club, but it's the church, it's his bride. It's what we're called to be a part of. People will offend and, and they will be hurt because the church is imperfect and people are imperfect. But you have to choose how long you're gonna carry that baggage before you start to lift your hands and start to serve others and say, I'm going to in faith not shrink back, but step into the call and the promise that God has for us. For some of you, it's been, the, the last season has been full on. 
So this season you've wanted just to be more still and that's okay. But what happens is there's this fine line between being still for a moment and then you know losing your boldness and you've gone bland. There's a fine line between current, being, being comfort, having comfort and, and, and then decide, no, instead I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sorry, being, being still and then going into comfort when you're called to have courage. It, there's a fine line sometimes between being still for a moment and then slipping into being lukewarm. And he hasn't called us to have a lukewarm church, but have the fire of the Holy Spirit all over us. And he's part of your journey of healing, but he's part of your restoration too, amen? And, and people do disappoint us. And if we're real, we, I disappoint me. And, and seasons disappoint us and they leave me discouraged, but I so easily can slip that onto giving God responsibility for my discouragement and getting stuck. But it's that moment where you're stuck, Jesus turns up and I believe this is a season for you and me where he says, be bold and courageous. It's him actually saying, I've seen the discouragement, but it's time for that to come to an end. You can no longer be the opposite of encouragement. Courage, you have to have courage. You have to have boldness. See, it's time to step, it's time to move. I've said this before, but I remember when I got married, uh, you know, about just over 17 years ago, and uh, I had a, about this time, we had a, had a Bucks party, and my brothers and my friends all took me out, and, and we went paintball shooting. And they all were, we were shooting each other paintballs. And, and at the end, I noticed they all had a whole stack of paintballs left. And, and, and they, made, they, they all lined up in one row. There was about like 60 of them. And they put me in a pink dress and they, they stood me at one end of the line and they said, run little girl, run. And, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, all they wanted to do was cause me harm, to hurt me, to bruise me and to offend me. Now these legs are little, but my goodness, can they move when they gotta move. I tell you something, at the end of that, I didn't have one bruise, I tell you why. Because when you're moving forward, everything that hits you is a glancing blow. It's when you're still that those things can come and they can really begin to harm you. And it's then as you start to get timid and cower and pull back. I mean, will people hurt you? Yes. Will blows get you? Absolutely. Will things later on you go, oh, that hurt. But if you make a decision that you are gonna move forward, that you're not staying here, that you're stepping forward, that you're running forward into the plans of God, those things will happen, but they'll be glancing blows. I mean, for some of us to move into the next season, you're gonna have to forgive. And I wanna release you from something today. Forgiveness sometimes will only happen by yourself. Some of us are not moving on because we haven't come into relationship or that other person hasn't come and admitted they were wrong or the organisation or the group or the church or whatever hasn't recognised your pain. And, but maybe sometimes you gotta make a decision, I'm not waiting for them and carrying their baggage anymore, I'm moving forward. Like, when I was younger, I used to love playing sport. So, you know, basketball, cricket, soccer, and I loved to play tennis. Um, but sometimes, like, no one wanted to play tennis with you. So in the 80s, and I'm an 80s, any 80s kids out there? Like, you know, they came up with this great 80s toy. It's called Totem Tennis, right? And, and, and where, where when, when you had no friends, and no one would play with you, although they've dressed up in the whites, but it's marketing, it's not real. I was more like the kid down the bottom there, right? Uncoordinated, about to hit that thing, great hair. And, and, uh, and sometimes no one wants to come and, you know what, even by myself, I'm hitting this away. I'm hitting this away. 
I'm not being stuck, I'm just hitting this away. This pain, even if they won't admit their causes, I'm hitting it away. And the funny thing about totem tennis is the ball's on a string, right? So it does come back, because people are like, forgive and forget, it doesn't work that way, not for me, I remember, and it comes back. But when it comes back, I'm not being stuck today, so I'm just gonna hit it away. And eventually, once you just choose whether they recognize it or they don't, or the season redeems itself now, or maybe I never see that redemption, Maybe whether I understand the reasoning or I never understand the reasoning, I'm stepping into my promise. I'm not being stuck here. I'm not remaining in discouragement. I'm gonna keep hitting away the pain and just moving into destiny because God's got a promise for my life. Amen? So Jesus goes to the man and just the keys can come. here, And he he says to this man, do you wanna be made well? And the man gives all these other answers because he's discouraged. And doesn't say this, but what is Jesus saying? He's like, I didn't ask you about all the problems. I asked you about the promise. I didn't ask you to give me the narrative on the last 38 years. I, he knows. And can I say, it matters to Him. But those, those 38 years don't change. Now change is here. Now is the new day right in front of you. Now is the promise you've been waiting for. I didn't, ask about all that because the last 38 years they're done but what about the next 38 years we can talk about those promises you wanted but what about the promise that's right in front of you you can choose to look backwards or you can choose to have a move of the Holy Spirit in your life that allows movement into your promise don't settle here don't allow those things that have entangled you to keep you here don't give up here don't get discouraged here don't get comfortable here don't settle in your pain here don't settle in your guilt here don't settle in your anger here don't settle in your unforgiveness here don't settle in your disappointment here don't settle in your grief here don't settle in your disillusionment here don't settle in your discouragement here instead Jesus says to him stand up stand up so I've given the narrative. I am your promise and I am with you right now. I am here with you right now. Stand up. Be bold. Be courageous. We'll work out the next steps next. But today, stand up. Stand on my promises. Stand on His Word. Stand against the enemy's schemes. Stand in faith for what God has promised you. Some of us just gonna make a decision today. I'm standing. I'm not staying here any longer. And then I love what Jesus does. He never just lets him stand because some of us have been standing now for too long. You're not flat in your face, but you're not walking yet either. You know what Jesus does? Sometimes kindness seems cruel, but it's actually kindness. He says, you gotta do something. Pick up your mat. Be bold and courageous, Joshua, and step into the river while it's still in full flood. Seems cruel. Seems unkind. No, it's His kindness that's gonna get you from where you are into your promise. So He says, pick up your mat. I love that Jesus is in the moment, but Jesus wants to partner with our faith. He's here in this moment. This move of the presence of the Holy Spirit is here, but He wants movement and partnership with you and me. So Jesus is like, pick up your mat. 
Because what carried you for the last 38 years, you're gonna carry into the next 38 years. What was the very thing that was your story of limitation, restriction, and what made you stuck is now your testimony that is gonna be an example for others wherever you go. You're not staying on this mat, you're carrying it with you because what hurt you will be your story of deliverance. What restricted you will be your story that allows others to be set free. The very thing that once carried you, you are going to carry to testify to my glory, to testify to my goodness, to testify to my kindness. Don't worry, I've got you, I'm with you. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Come on, amen. See, his man's way of thinking was, I could only get my miracle if someone does something for me. But Jesus is present and He says, you and me are all we need. It's time to stand. It's time to declare. It's time to get on your lips the promises of God and speak them over your family again. It's time to start moving in faith again. It's time to start praying in faith again. It's time to start giving in faith again. It's time to start serving in faith again. It's time to start worshiping in faith again. It's time to start moving in faith again. It's time to start believing and dreaming in faith again. Because he says the time of waiting, restoring is over. It's time for his church to move into the fullness of the promises that he has for you, me, and the church as a whole. That's why James says, stop listening to it and just agreeing with it. He says, don't just be hearers of the Word. He says, but be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You see, hearing without doing is deceiving. Faith comes through hearing, but hearing needs a response. Come on, stand to your feet. He says, go, everyone say, go, and I'll show you. Wherever you set your foot, I will give you. I will be with you wherever you go. It's what He said to Abraham. It's what He said to Moses. It's what He said to Joshua. And if you're worried, is that just Old Testament? It's what Jesus did when He said about the church. He said, go, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. But don't worry, I'll go with you. How? Just, just wait, I'll show you. And every move of the Spirit, the move in the upper room, they didn't stay in the upper room, they went. The move in every chapter of Acts where the Holy Spirit's poured out, it caused them to scatter and go and not remain there. Wherever you set your foot, I'll be with you. No go? No show. No go? No show. But if you go, He will show. I wonder what Jesus would say today if He's here seeing us and, and discouraged and disappointed and hurt and frustrated and, 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 and broken, and, and that's real. He'd, he'd see it. What's amazing is Jesus saw Joshua in his discouragement. And Jesus saw this man in his discouragement. He sees you, but He loves you too much to leave you there. So what would He say today? He'd say, stand up, pick up what carried you, Use it as a testimony to my goodness and move forward. He says, this is my command. Be bold, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I will be with you wherever you go. 
It's a season of moving forward. It's a season of new beginnings. Forgetting the former things, do not dwell on the past. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs, now it sprouts, now it's coming. Do you not perceive it? Do you not embrace it? I'm making ways in the wilderness. I'm making rivers in the desert. Where there was no way, I'm now making a way. It was a desert season, but now it's gonna flourish with the river of living water. Maybe that didn't seem like it was possible, but I'm doing something different in this new day. Don't remain here. Don't wait here. Don't stay here. I am God and I've got something incredible. I've got something supernatural. I've got something impossible, but it's found on the other side of your faith. It's time to stand, church. It's time to be bold, church. It's time to be unified, church, where the oil of my spirit will pour out. I'm like on Aaron's head, running down his beard to the edge of the garments. And it's there as you're unified. Nothing will be impossible for you. Anything you ask for in my name, it will happen. It's here. You don't remain here, but you step, you move, you run, you go into the next season for this church in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.